With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Brian Whitner. 
Brian, how are you doing this evening? Well, considering last year was WrestleMania 30 and this year was and this year's WrestleMania 31, yeah, you fucked up. I did no such thing. This is yes, you did. Uh, they didn't. They don't have a number for this year's WrestleMania, so I got confused. Oh. That's three uh, WrestleMania. Yes, Rest- hey, do you right. see a number anywhere in that WrestleMania logo? Yeah, is it in the bottom? No, that's a play button. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, so before we before we get on to our show, first of all, Brian, I think we should thank everybody. We should thank all of our listeners. Uh, we should thank everyone who is ever a guest or a caller onto our show. Yes, all seven callers we've ever had. And that includes yeah. counting Lauren like three times. <laughs> uh, no, God, I think Guy has made most appearances on our show. I was on like once. He was on twice. When was the other time? He's been on a couple times. No, he hasn't. He was on that one time uh, when we reviewed SummerSlam '92, and mm-hmm. you and he swept you in a game of Name That Tune. Yes, fine. <laughs> and also, of course, thanking Brian Alvarez, Stevie J, R.J. Brewer, uh, Bulldog James Dillon, every other guest we've ever had, and Tony the Promise Thomas, R.D. Reynolds. Who else has been on the show, Brian? Rob fucking Noxious. Rob fucking Noxious. Just everyone. Yeah. Our friend Frank. Our friend Frank, who called in one time 47 times and refused to answer the the phone even once. <laughs> and then this guy was from Las Vegas, I think he was. He was Steve from Las Vegas. I think he was John from Scranton. He was a little bit of everything. But uh, Yes. Yes, thank you all. But on, to, but on to the future. And, of course, you know... We and I are going to get sick of talking to each other this week, Brian. Probably. Because we're not only going to talk for about an hour tonight. We're going to be back on Wednesday at our normal time slot with uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit, with their history of WrestleMania 21 through 25. And then at some point in the next week, we got to tape next week's show. And we've also got to tape the WrestleMania preview show. Gasp. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, I guess now is a better time to tell you than anything else. At some point next month, um, we're uh, Lauren and myself are going to be taking over the show uh, for the Bad Movie Month selection show. Absolutely not. Yes. Bad Movie Month 3 is coming up in May, and uh, we're going to be spinning the wheel to determine what movies we have to watch and review. And by we, I mean Lauren and myself, not you, because we don't think you would do it. It's okay. That's you and Lauren's thing. I won't. I'm not gonna bash your guys' <laughs> thing stuff. Yes. And for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, badmoviemonth.tumblr.com. I almost forgot my website. It's. It'll show every review we've done, including Of the Room, including Birdemic, Birdemic 2, Batman and Robin, and 
Christ knows what other crappy shows we got to watch. I think See No Evil was on there. See No Evil was there. The Marine was in there. Uh, and just a whole boatload of crap. I don't think you guys did Knucklehead or The Chaperone. No, we, we haven't done Knucklehead. I, Lauren did do The Chaperone. Did she? Okay. Yes. And, uh, by the way, to update you on my WrestleMania plans, I did buy my ticket to the Ring of Honor show. Oh, uh, awesome. Do you want a cookie? Yes, I and I actually, it was an eBay auction. I won two of them, so I'm going to eventually oh. sell one of them. Oh, thanks, everyone. Yeah. So I'll expect mine in the mail then, along with my yep, just send plane me ticket bucks. and WrestleMania ticket. I'll say just send me 50 bucks, and I'll send you an ROH ticket. Awesome. And then my plane ticket and my WrestleMania ticket will be in there too as well. I would, if I were you, I would go stand outside by the mailbox right now. I, 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 I don't think I'm dressed appropriately for the weather. Oh, let, let me look up what the weather's like in uh, Santa Clara. Lock Haven. Oh, okay, Santa Clara. What's the weather like in Lock Haven, right? I just woke up and didn't really go outside, but today was like 52 or 53, I think the high was. Okay, well, right now in New Bedford, where I am, where the worldwide studios of uh, the Wrestling Outsiders podcast is, it's currently 33 degrees. Let's see here how things are in Santa Clara. Let's see. Uh, Currently in Santa Clara, and over in Santa Clara, by the way, it's 8.30 p.m., and it's 64 degrees. Hmm. And yes, today's high over there was 70. It's supposed to get to 79 on Thursday, and just a whole boatload of sun. And yeah, so that's WrestleMania. But uh, before we get there, of course, Brian, we got to celebrate tonight our 50th episode. And what are we discussing? Well, let's ask uh, George Nori. Talking about the possibility of a plague in Eastern Europe. Is it real? Is it man-made? Could it come here? Also, giants and demons and some other issues with none other than Stephen Quayle next on Coast to Coast AM. Yep, giants, demons, and some other issues, which is just a nice way of saying some of the worst matches of all time. Dear God, some of them aren't necessarily bad, just some unique matches. Because, you know, I, I mean, I enjoyed some of these matches just for the absurdity of them, as I'm sure you yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we That's might as well nice kick life. things off. We have a list of matches. We're going to go through all of them here one by one. And we're going to start with going back to Uncensored 96, Brian, the Giant versus Loch Ness. The battle of the quote-unquote giants. Well, I don't know. Loch Loch Ness is the former giant haystacks in England. He weighed about 700 pounds. And the best thing I could say about him was he was using the theme that eventually became Rey Mysterio Jr.'s WCW theme. Um, Yeah. Giant was 
Giant basically ran all over the place trying to get something out of this match. Uh, Loch Ness, he couldn't do anything. In fact, he got winded from doing clotheslines. And by clotheslines, I mean he stood there and lifted his arm up, and the Giant ran into it. Sounds about right. Sounds pretty accurate for sure. Uh, Giant went for a stinger splash. He missed and went tumbling outside the ring. Loch Ness missed an elbow, and Giant won with a leg drop. And Loch Ness was gone. Yes, and Loch Ness was gone forever. Came for a brief cup of coffee and peace out. (laughs) Yep. Ironically, he was supposed to be in the Doomsday cage match. When it, was, when it was just Hogan versus four guys, he was supposed yeah. to be the last person, and Hogan was supposed to body slam him. I think Hogan looked at him and realized, brother, there's no fucking way I'm picking him up, and got it changed. Probably a good call. Yes. This definitely was not and, a thing. Uh, any other thoughts on this one, Brian? I, I, I'm the, the match was shitty as hell. Uh, you know, <laughs> it by went the longer way, than, than I would have put it. Uh, by the way, Brian, I, I guess since you didn't see Raw tonight, you missed the sad news. What? Axelmania is no more. I just After dropped a my rec- Singular and Jelly Sandwich. Sad. Yep. After a record-setting 50 days in the Royal Rumble match, Mark Henry threw him out of the ring during the Battle Royal on Raw tonight. I missed the Battle Royal on Raw? Really? Yes. Kane was out there with a whole bunch of schmoes, and then Mark Henry came out, and they had a two-minute Battle Royal that Mark Henry won by eliminating Curtis Axel. Mm. Sad. Yes. And it was pretty much 50... 50 days to the minute, because it was like at like 9.50 Eastern that it happened. Yeah. So, <sighs> sadly, Axelmania is no more. Now, to get us ready for our next match to review, Brian, you know I have to play this. Eli, your topic is mustache. You have 10 seconds. Ready, go. What is a mustache? (laughs) It's a little bit of hair growing over the upper lip. I don't have one. Nobody else here has one. But you know what? A mustache is for a real man. See, of all these people here, I have the best mustache of them all. I thought you'd give me a couple more days. I'll have a nice... Thick mustache. But none of these boys right here. Okay. Well, that Thank you, Eli. Well, he said he didn't have a mustache. Michael McGillicuddy approached the podium. <laughs> Michael. And, of course, that leads to Eli Cottonwood in the best match of his career against Caval. Hmm. Yes. Um... Eli Cottonwood, uh, his pro was John Morrison, so he comes out to Morrison's theme, which gets a pop. And Cottonwood looks so clueless walking out. Caval looks so unhappy about having... 
What was that? I said, like, Cottonwood always did. Yes. Cavallo looked so happy about having to wrestle this match, and the other pros were on the ramp. Except for Mark Henry, all the other pros looked like they were about to fall asleep. And Mark Henry was there <laughs> taking notes, and I can only imagine what those notes said. Dear God, help us all. Uh, Caval kicked the shit out of Eli. Um, at one point, he used the move that uh, later became John Morrison's flying chuck and Cody Rhodes' beautiful disaster kick. Caval uh, did hit the Warriors' way while Eli was hunched over, uh, but then Eli flung off, flung him off at the count of two, and won with this wacky choke slam face plant dealy. I mean, Eli Cottonwood did not win many matches on NXT. However, he did win this one over the eventual winner. Yes. But, by the way, here's a question for you. How many matches did Caval win after NXT on TV? One, I think. Yes, he beat Dolph Ziggler. He yeah. beat Dolph Ziggler just so they could uh, have him do his pay-per-view title match with Dolph at Survivor Series. Dolph, of course, won that. Caval stuck around for another month and then got fired before the next season of NXT even ended. Sad. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. Before we move on, let's see if there's anything else I can play here. Ah, uh, what the hell. Uh, this, this is like the best of night where I just go through and find all of our favorite sound bites and play them. So I'll go this and delete them for the next person. And starting this moment from now, from this moment on, on. this will be the moment starting now of the genesis Janice. of oh, McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. Oh, yeah. right. can, we, can we hear from the winner now, please? Get the buzzer. Let's hear it one more time from Michael McGillicuddy. Axelmania. Demon versus the Wall, Super Brawl 2000, in a special main event match. Yeah. Now, Brian, do you know why this was uh, called a main event? No. Um, well, in the contract with Gene Simmons, uh, to use the kiss likeness for the demon character, the demon was contractually obligated to appear in a certain number of pay-per-view main events every year. And so yeah. to flush out the contract, he was in third match on the card main events. Hmm. Brian, I've got a serious question for you. I may have uh, an I've got a serious, serious question but... for you here, Brian. Mike Tenay was the host of WCW's Wednesday show. Did that make okay. him the god of thunder? That that's that's kind of pushing it. <laughs> you know, because God of Thunder was a Kiss song. Yeah, I got that part. Okay, good. Because you know, sometimes I wonder about you, kid. No, I'm not. I'm not too bad, you know. But yeah. The most interesting part of this match were the announcers arguing about the fake blood and Tony Schiavone showing how much of a nerd he was by telling us history. 
Yes. History. Yes. Uh, the wall was being being built up as an unstoppable beast, so of course he had to attack Demon from behind to get the match started. The most most athletic part of this match was the demon jumping to the middle rope, which tells you just how good this match was. Um, They fucked up a stun gun. The wall was too close to the rope, so when he went to lean backwards, he just bounced off of them. So he just had to throw demon on top of the ropes. Uh, Wall Wall took a flare bump off the top rope and didn't rotate, so he landed right on top of his fucking head, and he had to no-sell it, pop up, and hit the choke slam for the win. So the wall wins the match. Dear God. Yes. yes. And fucks up his neck in the process. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I still say the greatest moment ever for the wall, you know, I think a lot of people remember this, on, a, on the spring break Nitro, Hulk Hogan's in the middle of the ring, and suddenly, from like half a mile away down the block, the wall is standing on top of a building. The camera zooms in, and you can barely make out that there's somebody on the on top of this building. However, Hulk Hogan, who needs glasses in real life, looked in that direction and immediately knew, it's the wall, brother. It's the wall. <laughs> brother. Uh, and poor Wall. I know. I feel bad for him. And you know who I felt bad hey. for, too? The people, in, the people in San Francisco who paid money for tickets to Super Bowl 2000. Yeah, because not really, only really shitty. Oh. Yes, not, not only did they have the Demon versus the Wall, but the very next match was Tank Abbott versus Big Al in a skins match. Which just happened to be the next thing on our show, on our, our yeah, our yeah. show. It, and it, it, the skins match, they did not play golf. It was a leather jacket on a pole match. And <laughs> if you ever think, it, you know, Brian, it can be entertaining watching two big people punch each other in the face a lot. That can be entertaining. Yeah. This match, well, <laughs> it was not. Um, they so started no. the match. No. They started the match by taking Big Al's belt and trying to tie their hands together with the belt, and the belt then went into business for itself by falling off. Um, Go figure. Yes. Finally, they got the belt on and started punching each other in the head, um, and that's when the fans booed the fuck out of this match. Um, Al broke the rules of the belt by forearming Tank. Al used great MMA moves like threatening to pull Tank's crotch into the ring post. And then in the... I don't know, this whole match is like the worst of all time. There's At one point, Al stood on Tank's face and apparently Tank got really pissed off at this point. Tank shoved him <laughs> like off. Like legit pissed off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tank shoved him off and hulked up um, and punched the fucking shit out of Al. And then I, I'd say this is where the awkwardness began. Where the awkwardness began when the bell rang. Tank put Al over his shoulders and began climbing the ropes. And so you got a 250-pound guy carrying a 260-pound guy over his 
shoulder. They finally get to the top rope, and Tank loses his balance. They both go flying to the floor. And so when they reach the ground, Tank punches Al in the head, goes up and gets the jacket for the win. If you think that's where it ended, not yet. Not quite there <laughs> because, yet, folks. Because on live pay-per-view, Tank Abbott pulled out a knife, held it to Big Al's throat, and screamed loud enough so everyone could hear him, including the people at home, that he would fucking kill Al. Tony Schiavone, <laughs> thinking on his feet, said that uh, Tank had a pair of scissors and was trying to cut Al's beard off. There's a problem with that. Al didn't have a beard. Nope, nope. I want to know where Tank got this knife from. Like, he gave it hidden in his crotch. Because, like, all of a sudden, he just pulls out a knife. This is a real smart place to have a knife, is in your crotch area. No, yes. Maybe it was in the leather jacket. I don't know. <sighs> that, that match, oh, wow. And it's not even the worst match we're going to be reviewing tonight. No, I, I I don't feel so. I don't feel it is not even close. What What did you think, Brian? It, it was just a hor- like all the, all these matches are beyond horrible. Like like it was yeah. I mean it was good. It was pretty good. Two big guys fucking the shit out of each other, but yeah. Yeah, for about thirty seconds there, it was kind of entertaining, and right. then it went longer than thirty seconds. <laughs> Sadly. That's true. Okay, let, let's play another best of drop. In fact, one of our favorite uh, audio drops that we play to this day. But he was abducted by ninjas! Oh, God. Ninjas! Call the cops! There are ninjas kidnapping people on TV! The cops! Ninjas. Did no one get a license plate? Do nin- ninjas kidnapping TV. Uh, no one ever did get a license plate. No, sad. Very sad indeed. <laughs> that is one of our classic ones. Well, when I was putting together this match list, I was trying to think of, like, matches that, you know, would fit into the theory of giants and demons and other issues and not maybe yeah. not be too horrible. may not be great, but may not be horrible. And I'm like, oh, here's a match. XS versus the Screaming Demons from Uncensored 2000. It has the demon in there. And, but you know, something Lenny Lane was pretty good. Norman Smiley was pretty good. I mean, th- this could be good, right? Wrong. Wrong. Excess was Lenny and Lodi, but they changed because I don't know. They used to be gay, they, they used to be gay, but I think at this point they're supposed to be wild and crazy guys. Uh, Lenny Lane was Go just Lane now, and Lodi Lodi was rave. Hmm. Um, the biggest pop, you know, Excess got nothing coming out, and so Miss Hancock. Came strutting out, and yeah. Brian, she can strut any day of the week for me. And me too. If she would like to come to my house right now and strut, 
for me. It's okay. Especially in that Miss Hancock outfit, right? Yes. Especially that. Yes. Um, And she joined the commentating table. And, oh, boy, were her best days ahead of her when it came to talking. She... Mark Madden wouldn't shut up, and when he did, Miss Hancock had literally nothing to say. And of course not. You know it's bad when Mark Madden has to hand as a, hold your hand through an entire segment. Uh, the screaming demons were, of course, the demon and Norman Esmaillet, and Norman was dressed like the demon. Um, Which is kind of cool. It, yes. Rave did say that uh, they dumped Miss Hancock because she wasn't a rat. My thought is, wouldn't that be a compliment to Miss Hancock that she's not a rat? Yes, usually. Yes. Uh, Lane, who was gay like a month earlier, was quite offended when Norman gave him the big wiggle, complete with Norman's penis and Lane's ass. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, we did. My favorite moment: uh, Miss Hancock mentions that she now manages Los Fabulosos, who were Silver King and El Dandy, and, who, and they were supposed to be studs. And I don't think they teamed up one time as Los Fabulosos. How dare you doubt El Dandy? I didn't doubt El Dandy. Kevin Sullivan, who was still the Booker for another week, doubted El Dandy. Mm. Um, they Before fucked up a spot. Yes, they fucked up a spot pretty good when XS went for a double clothesline of the Demon, while Demon did a double clothesline to them. Everyone bumped for it except for Rave, who, when he noticed what the hell happened, fell on top of the Demon. Um, the match fell apart at this point, and eventually Smiley tapped out Rave with the Norman Conquest. After Which the match, XS. Yes. XS blamed Miss Hancock for the loss and tried to drag her away, but uh, Smiley and the Demon saved her and brought her back to the ring to dance, and so Miss Hancock gave the big wiggle to Norman, and they all taught Billy Silverman, the referee, how to do the big wiggle. Of course. Not else to do. Uh, and, by the way, the Demon is out Dale Torborg, who... Uh, Last time I checked, was a hitting coach for the White Sox, isn't he? Um, I believe so, but don't hold me to it. Yes, I only he did, of course, baseball, wrestle. So. Yeah, he he did come back once or twice to wrestle for TNA, and that was that. <laughs> uh, By the way, LL Cool J is going to be opening up WrestleMania. I saw that. Yes. I thought it was this fine day. Yes. Hopefully, you know, something good happens. Yes. But speaking of something good. Something wrong with the world. Hey, Connecticut. Are you tired of getting ripped off by mechanics that you don't trust? Here at Rollins Customized Automotive, we have what the other guys only dream about. We know a thing or two about trust. We've been working on vehicles from mile to mile for the past 20 years.
make it. I'm here to tell you that Mr. Backlund's been in the wrestling business his whole life. Traveled all over the world. But Rollins Automotive is the only automotive company that he gained complete trust in. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, complete trust. Hey, hey, what's going on here? Whoa, whoa. This would have never happened at Rollins Automotive. You got that? Hey, young lady, let me bring you to where the good people are at. Rollins Automotive will even pick you up. 50 miles of free towing. Just tell them Mr. Backlund sent you. Ah, uh, yes. The good old we days. We need to of, do that one, Don. Just one time Go. we need to do it. I get broken down in Connecticut so we can uh, get picked up by Rollins Automotive. Yes, exactly 50 miles from their site. You know, first we have to find out where they are and if they even still do it. But all we got to say is Mr. Backlund. True that. See? Monster Mash Battle Royal. <laughs> October 30th, 2007. Uh, Great Colley, Kane, Mark Henry, and all six of Big Daddy V's boobs were all in this match. Dear God. Um, my favorite part happened before the, before the match even started when uh, Tony Chimmel was doing the intros and Mark Henry threw him out of the ring. Poor Chimmel. Yes. Uh, Kane used his speed to avoid the other three at first. Yes, let, let's let's say that again. Uh, Big Daddy Kane. Mark Henry... And the great Kali were all trying were all surrounding Kane in the corner, and Kane used his speed advantage to get away, away. from all of Yes. Yeah, he, he and got so of away. course Big Daddy V and Mark Henry got tired really quickly, so they just stood there and started up fighting. Um Henry at one point picked up Kali for a torture rack, but couldn't quite get him all the way up there. Uh. Uh, Big Daddy V went for a black. Yes, uh, Big Daddy V went for a black hole slam. A cane slipped out and almost fell on his head. Uh, Henry and Kali were doing stuff in the corner, so Big Daddy V ran over and splashed them in the corner. Not he tried to give. Yeah, he tried to give Kane the same splash, but Kane moved out of the way and dumped him over the top rope. Hmm. Uh, Kane and Henry then teamed up to clothesline Kali out, and the fans kind of booed it. And it came down to Kane and Mark Henry. And then Kane, the guy whose back was hurting so much he almost retired around this time, tried to pick up Mark Henry for a body slam and didn't quite get him up there. Geniuses. But the finish was actually kind of cool. Uh, Kane went up top for a flying clothesline. But Henry caught him and gave him a belly-to-belly souffle over the top rope. And that became, that made Mark Henry the monster of the monster. Yes, he was the winner of the Monster Mash Battle Royal. They need to do that match again. No. Who would be in it? You'd have 
Big Show, Kane, Mark Henry, and who else do they have that could be in the match? I say bring back Kali. No, call it Bull Dempsey. Bull Dempsey, maybe Rusev. Maybe. Yes, that's a really one weird, odd one. Yes. But, yeah, it's hard to... Like, that match was probably the most fun match on the whole list to watch. Yes. Yes. That's the only match I immediately to you when you asked me for suggestions. It's the ECW Monster Mash Battle Royal. Anything. Here we go. Eggs are Owen. Owen, you've got to get it through your sick head. I may be a lot of things, but I am not a killer. You don't have to blow her brains out or anything. Thank you. That takes the pressure right off. She's old. She's got a bad ticker. All you got to do is jerk around a lot when you talk to her. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Oh. Lips. Stop it. Huh. Well, just meet her. Maybe she'd be somebody you'd like to kill. Evan, what the hell's going on out there? Nothing, Mama. Nothing. Walk her up. Who are you talking to? Who's in there with you? Nobody, Mama. Who's this? This is Cousin Patty. He's going to be staying with us for a while. Isn't that nice? You don't have a Cousin Patty. You lied to me. That was hilarious. That was one of the few funny moments from that entire movie. Yep. Uh, my other favorite one was, uh, who the hell are you? I'm Owen's friend. Owen doesn't have any friends. That's because he's shy. No, it's because he's fat and he's dumb. <laughs> uh, any other favorite movie moments you want to talk about before we move on? No. Those two are always the classic ones. Great Collie, Kane, and Batista in a triple threat match for the world title at the Great American Bash 2007. Like, couldn't they put anyone better this? in this match? What was that? Couldn't they put anyone better in this match? Honestly, if you looked at that SmackDown roster, they there really wasn't anyone else to put in there. Mysterio? Like, no, he was injured. Go figure. Edge, like the whole match was uh, it was supposed to be Edge versus Kane for the title, and then uh, Batista versus Kyle Lee, and uh, what we call it, Edge got injured when Kane injured him on a choke slam or some such nonsense. And so he had to vacate the title. And so they uh, had Kali win it in a battle royal and ended a three-way with Kali, Kane, and Batista. I've never been... 
so impressed by Batista and Kane in the ring as I was in this match when Kali was in there with them. But they, again, um, Kali, so yeah, I mean, come on. Um, Batista and Kane have horrible chemistry. Batista and Kali have horrible chemistry. Kane and Kali have horrible chemistry. The three of them together are a total clusterfuck. Um, that's putting it nicely, uh, folks. Yes, but if you love three big guys just beating the crap out of each other, or at least attempting to beat the crap out of each other, this match is for you. Uh, Kali did take a double spinebuster chokeslam dealy through the announce table just long enough for Batista and Kane to put on a Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair classic in comparison. Uh, Batista gave the Batista bomb to Kane. Kali threw Batista out of the ring and hit the Punjabi plunge to retain the world title. Yeah. Why? Because why not? Hell, Undertaker was injured at the time, too. So who did they have in, on SmackDown besides these three? They had Finley, um, Chavo, um, Kurt Hawkins, and uh, Zack Ryder. Mm. Um, who the hell else did they have? Uh, Mark Henry? Hmm. Yeah, there there was not much to choose from, Brian. You couldn't put him and Batista together because, God forbid. Uh, I think this was at the time when Ric Flair walked out of the company, too, and MVP was there, Matt Hardy was there. It like There really weren't that many good choices. <sighs> um. I, I seriously am at a loss trying to figure out who they could have had do that instead. Yeah, I'm speechless. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Americana Butcher Shop. We don't sell no soda pop, but if you're looking for good beef, this is the place to stop. Ernest, come on over here. We're going to take you in the treasure chest of beef right here and show you what it's all about here at Americana. Come on in here now, Ernest. Oh, man, and look at that nice piece of veal hanging up there. Ernest, tell him folk about this veal That's right here. Nice oh, leg of veal. Leg of veal. And what is this two-legged creature right here? We know That's what that is. Nice leg of lamb. Leg of lamb. I love leg of lamb. What we got right here, them old rump roasts and everything. That's a nice rump roast. Ooh, and we know what this is right That's here. The bologna. This is bologna, and we are full of it today. Yeah, come on over here. We're going to make some Americana right here, ground-up beef. Look here. Stick it right in there. Get that thing working down in there. Now, look down on the other end here, and you will see some of the finest Americana ground beef in the country right there. Woo-wee! That looks so good. Let me tell you something now. I'm going to tell you one time. You cannot beat my price. Goodness. But you sure can't beat my meat. Hey, on uh, And by the way, Dusty Rhodes was also um, at the Great American Bash House 7. He had a Texas bull rope match with Randy Orton. I do remember this. Uh, Andre the Giant versus Ultimate Warrior, Saturday night's main event, November 1989. 
These two guys had a plethora of 30-second matches on every house show in America at the time. Why the hell couldn't this match have also gone 30 seconds? Because they just wanted to put them on longer. There was one spot in this match where Andre was sitting on the middle rope and Warrior began shaking him. Like, literally. I I don't know how else to describe it. He was shaking Andre in the ropes. This was offense. This was offense. This was offense. There was more offense when Andre literally held Warrior's arms. That was offense in this match. Like, I I can't imagine a world where somebody backstage thought, hey, let's let's have this match keep going here. Damn. This match for the butts in the seats. Warrior put on a a bear hug that Andre was completely no-selling and looking like he was yawning during the match. Finally, after the after the longest seven minutes in professional wrestling history, Bobby Heenan ran in. Ultimate Warrior picked him up and threw him into Andre, and the ref called for the disqualification. No, sort of. This Andre match, won that match by DQ. No, Warrior won by DQ. Yes, but should of Andre won it? Why should Andre have won it? Because Warrior used in Warrior used a foreign object. Sure. Well, but it was Andre's manager who ran in. That's the disqualification. Lame excuse. Yes. I'm waiting on Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, hey, um. Yeah, why did you go out there and help Big Papa Pump? And you are who? I'm Pamela Palsock, the new interviewer at WCW. So answer the question. <laughs> Could you answer a question, please? The thing is this. Russo, it's real simple tonight, all right? I'm an easy man to find. If you guys want this belt, all you got to do, how about this? Let's make a deal. A match tonight. Jeff Jarrett, you win, you go home the champ. I kick your ass. I'm the champ. Wow. Okay. And that was John. Wow. Or, yeah, former. That was Pamela Paul Shock's debut. You fucked up once again. Well, no, because I was looking at Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. And just for that, no Jumpin' Jeff Farmer for you. Uh, Going to play him. Some Jeff Farmer. Yes, and he had quite the match with Moxley. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the toughest match he ever had in his whole life. But he don't like it when things aren't not going his way. Motley yep. Cruz, he turned the tables on him. He turned the tables in the wrong yep. way. Yep. Now it's his turn. Yep. He's going to go full force. Yep. That sadly is better than what I've got what we've got to do next. Yep. 
that Jackie Gata match. Bradshaw and and Trish Stratus versus Christopher Nowinski and Jackie Gata. Jackie Gata, who, by the way, won Tough Enough 2 over Kenny King, Matt Morgan, and many other people who should have won before her. Uh, Jackie Gata, Jackie Gata. There L-O-D-D are many people. Should have been in this. Yeah. I don't know. I blame Christopher Nowinski for part of this because if he would have stayed in the damn ring with Bradshaw, you know, we never would have had to see Jackie Gata wrestle. Make that sound like a bad thing. Trish went at one point for running something, but Jackie stood there and watched her walk by her. So Trish jumped on the ropes, and then they fell on top of each other. Hmm. Yep. The men tagged in for about 45 seconds, and I was throwing something at my computer screen when I when they tagged out and ran away. Although, to be fair, Jackie Jackie fucked up jumping on Bradshaw's back. Like, we've all seen a spot, woman jumps on man's back. Yeah. Like, all she had to do was jump on Bradshaw's back. And she fucked it up. (sighs) This was Bradshaw and Kristowinski's cue to get the hell away from this match as quickly as possible. Probably a smart idea. Poor Jackie wish she got to the back. Oh, yeah. Um, Trish got somehow got onto middle ropes and she pushed Jackie off of the middle rope. Jackie's response was to run around in a circle and then she ran at Trish's foot. Uh, Trish went for the middle rope bulldog she hit the middle rope bulldog, and then five seconds later, Jackie took a bump. And then Trish got the win. Uh, did she ever appear in a match after this? She was at WrestleMania. That's right. I forgot. Dear God. Yes. Lance Storm has never had a WrestleMania match. Jackie Gata has had one. Hmm. Uh, yep. Let's see poor here. What Lance can I play Storm. now? Yes, poor Lance. By the way, whatever happened with you sending him an email? I did. He never responded. Train. How do you people live here? You must be 
back when the Lakers beat the Kings. Okay. <laughs> Brian, as, a, as, a, as a hardcore Kings fan, that is still probably top five favorite rock interview slash segment in my eyes. Well, Brian, I've got two words for you. Robert Ori. Next. <laughs> Would you rather discuss Robert Ori? Or the Undertaker versus Johnny Gonzalez in a rest in peace match. Well, well, considering this is a wrestling podcast, let's let's do the Taker and Johnny Gonzalez match. Are you sure? I think it'd be better if we discussed uh, Robert Ory. <laughs> I'm sure it would be, but yeah. How do people live here? You must be insane. I'm leaving Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento, there I go. <sighs> and I'll be sure to come back when the Lakers beat the Kings in May. <sighs> so the rules of this match, no DQ, no count out. They literally built this match up that we would not know the rules of what the match were until the match happened. And when it all happened, it was just a no-disqualification match. Pretty much sums it up, yes. Uh, The story, as with a lot of Undertaker rivalries at this point, Paul Bearer had been attacked by Mr. Hughes and the Giant Gonzalez a few months earlier, so he wasn't here. And uh, Harvey Whippleman had stolen the urn. Did you see who the referee for this match was, Brian? I, I did not pay attention. Who was it, Emerson? Mr. Bill Alfonso calling it right down the middle. Right down the fucking middle, I'm sure. Where's your whistle, Brian? (whistles) Wow. I'm trying. I was going to whistle, but it was going to be worse. I thought it would be bad, but you took the cake. Yep. Nope. I'll, I'll do it. Don't worry. Giant Gonzalez is seven foot seven, four hundred pounds, and the only person in, that we've watched so far that had better looking offense, that had worse offense than him, excuse me, was in fact Eli Cottonwood. Giant Gonzalez yeah, looked very off. Yeah, Harvey Whippleman was wearing a fat purple suit, um, and. So Taker, every time he got beaten down, he would crawl towards the urn that Harvey had, but Harvey pulled it away. Suddenly, in the middle of the match, Undertaker's dong hit. Paul Bearer returned, carrying a black wreath. Uh, Harvey got mad and ran at Paul, and Paul did a better clothesline than anything Giant Gonzalez had done in his career. Uh, Paul went over and took the urn back to the biggest pop in the entire match, and that led to Undertaker hitting a top rope clothesline for the win. Mm. And, you know, Giant Gonzalez wrestled one more match. It was the uh, 20-man Intercontinental Battle Royal, and then he was gone. Sad. 
Use our first cup of coffee. Yep. The threats are part of wrestling, you know. But you got to look at the person that's making the threats. This fat son of a bitch, he's challenged all of us, has been world champions before, been in his business 15, 20 years, and this fat son of a bitch is going to challenge us all out. Calm down, calm down, okay? All right? He's fat! Like, to I'm going to... about this. I don't care if he does. I'll make him bleed. Uh, speaking of Scott Steiner and weight... Rick and Steiner, uh, let me welcome you back. Oh, Team 3D, you guys are out of your mind. Coming to Atlanta, Georgia, the place that the Steiner brothers got their start in professional wrestling. You guys are out of your mind making a table match. Because tonight, we're going to beat you at your own game. And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is you can run Nicky Split. You can't run because you got some fat asses. And after it's done, done, we're going to have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there in Atlanta, Georgia. You wanted some? You got some. This is the big time, boys. You come down that aisle. The Steiner Brothers has got something for you. Who, 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 who is the dog pile? Speaking of fat people, Yokozuna versus Vader. Raw, April 8th, 1996. What a Mr. Fuji's last appearance is, being in Yokozuna's corner carrying an American flag, because, you know, Yokozuna was a baby face at this point. Uh, this match was originally scheduled for WrestleMania 12, but Vince suddenly realized that, oh boy, would that match suck at WrestleMania. So he put Owen, Bulldog, Jake Roberts, and Ahmed Johnson in there. You know Vince has no trust in you when he puts Ahmed Johnson in the match to make it better. That's the show. Uh, the match went a whopping four minutes and ended when Vader gave Yokozuna the Vader bomb on his leg three times and one uh, via ref stoppage. Uh, was it meant that it, like he broke Yokozuna's leg, or I don't even remember what the whole po- what like his official diagnosis was. I just remember he was I think back it was a broken leg. Yeah, I just remember he was back a month later to do Beware of Dog. Uh, and the only thing I remember about this match, I couldn't remember anything else about the match except Yokozuna being having to be carried away on a forklift. Yeah, I remember that part. That's about all I remember, too. Huh. Any other thoughts about this one, Brian? Two really big men just fucking around for a couple minutes. Uh, Yokozuna uh, gave him both a Samoan drop and a Yuranagi. And Yokozuna, who, by the way, didn't speak any English, knew enough to say fuck. Go figure. Yeah. I learned something from the wild. For the WCW World Heavyweight title. And I know for a fact you're not going to lay down for this guy. That's right, me, Gene. I don't lay down for nobody. And whether I leave here world champion tonight... It don't matter because it's not going to change my focus on getting even with Goldberg for fracturing my face and a fall ball. Goldberg, I'm going to get even with you for fracturing my face, and I'm going to prove to you that I'm the man with the largest arms in the world. I'm the genetic freak, and size does matter. But that statement, Mean Gene, comes true whether I'm in the ring or out of the ring. See, when I have my freaks horizontal, they understand size. 
They appreciate size, and size does matter. And they know that they don't have to wait for the Earth to rotate on a 47-degree axis so the stars can touch the sky and create an equinox so they can see the Big Dipper. No, no, no. All they got to do is call the Big Papa. Because I'm the man with the Big Dipper and satisfaction's coming when I go behind and do the bump and grind. And it's only a matter of time because they call me the Big Bad Booty Daddy. So go, Bert. Realize this. I only care about two things in this world. My freaks and my peaks. And when I beat your bald ass down at Fall Brawl, and I'm about to put you in the sign recliner, I'm going to whisper in your ear, size does matter, bitch. Yep. Oh, by the way, I mentioned going to ROH uh, the Friday before WrestleMania, and yeah. three, the three title matches have been made. Uh, Jay Briscoe versus Samoa Joe for the world title. Jay Lethal versus Jushin Thunder Liger for the TV title. And my favorite tag team, Red Dragon, taking on the kingdom, uh, Michael Bennett and New Bedford's own Matt Taven for the tag team titles. I don't want to see Mr. Kennedy in April. Good for you. Tell him that he sucks. I don't know. I'll see you I'm sure he will. Interview. Yes, oh, I, I'm sure he will. I'm sure, especially once you tell him that he sucks, he'll quickly do one. I'm sure. You know what match is next, Brian? The match of all matches. It was the best the match, match of the. Class. It was the main event. Well, no, no, this isn't the main event yet. This might be the main event of the bad match. Yes, this this is the semi-main. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, there was more talent on the outside of the ring, exponentially so, than inside the ring. The referee for this match could probably have had a better match than either of the people who wrestled. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Charmel and Jenna Maraska from TNA's Victory Road 2009. I, I you just have a lot of questions about this, Brian. My Jeff, I guess like the most obvious one would be, why the hell did they book it? That's a good question, Emerson. Why don't you answer it for your friends? I don't know. Like, for the love of Christ, I know Vince Russo laughs at the idea of professional wrestling. I know that Vince Russo has made, has made you know, whatever money he's made, and Brian just left us for some reason. But Vince Russo has made a lot of money off the wrestling business, and he's made all this money, and, and this is some of the crap he gave us. Charmel versus Jenna Maraska at the TNA Victory Road show. <sighs> Waiting for Brian to call back in here. Uh, here comes Brian. What the hell happened? The match was The match was so horrible that 
once my phone got whiff of you speaking of it, it, it all of a sudden the call failed. For some reason, Charmel wrestled this match in an evening gown. For some reason, Awesome Kong and Sojo Bolt were on the outside of the ring watching the match. I understand Sojo Bolt was not like their best women's wrestler. And in fact, Kong and Sojo did have a pay-per-view match that wasn't very good. But you know something? that Having those two wrestlers would have been a hell of a step up. You think? Also, for some reason, Jenna wore these shorts. And doesn't Jenna, like, work with kids? Uh, she wasn't a survivor. That's all I know. Yeah, I, I thought, like, Jenna wor- wor- worked with kids or some shit. And, of course, like, on Survivor, she showed her bare breasts to win a challenge. Another No, but no. She wore no, these no. shorts. She wore these shorts that literally plunged into her asshole. Her ass was spread open, and there were was her shorts inside of her ass. Nice. Nice. Yes. No, and to correct you, Everson, she got naked for chocolate and peanut butter. Yes. Her and Heidi. Jenna, I, I, I'm convinced she has to be a stripper. Because she did the every stripper dance you've ever seen getting into this get getting into the ring. Like th- th- this match they could not air this match on television for many reasons. Not the least of which being it was just horrendous. But also because Jenna tried to up the rating to about a TV Jenna almost had to set an X rating for a show. Yeah, go figure. Although I will tell them, I'll tell you one thing, Brian. They had a very good first minute of the match. The first minute of the match, the first minute, it was excellent. It was probably the best minute of the whole match. The bell rang, and the two of them walked walked around and circled each other. <sighs> and then it went downhill from there. If the match would have ended right then. I would have been happy. Yes, yes. Jenna at one point was running the ropes in a way that made Kelly Kelly look like a polished ring veteran. They just kept showing Kong on the outside. Just know, Kong was thinking, oh my God, I have to watch this. (laughs) Charmel went to Sojo for advice, and I'm 99% sure Sojo's advice was, take this match home, finish it now. Get counted out. It's okay. Sojo tried to interfere. Awesome Kong ran after her. Awesome Kong, 280-pound Awesome Kong, ran ran after Sojo Bolt. And who stopped Awesome Kong from attacking? Earl fucking Hebner. Earl Hebner. 120 pounds soaking wet, Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner, the man, like this, one of the smallest referees you could find, stopped Awesome Kong from beating the snot out of Sojo Bolt. Why? I was just like, go ahead, Miss Kong. You have fun. Charmel got the heat with some slaps. 
I say uh, I, I say heat, you know, very liberally. Um, yeah. Sojo did run in and put the boots to Jenna, and Jenna's entire selling was to lay there. Of course, they that's did just, do that's just lay there. Yes. The most athletic thing they did, they did the cat fight spot, which was the least botched move of the match. Yeah, well, go figure. Sojo got, gets up on the ring apron. Jenna knocks Charmel into Sojo, and Sojo's supposed to, like, jump onto Kong, and then Kong was going to kill her. But instead, Sojo <laughs> jumps over Kong and crashes into the metal barricade. Ow. Go figure. Um, the finish saw Jenna pull out Charmel's hair extension and give it to Kong, and Kong shoved it down her, the front of her blouse. Oh, dear God. And so Charmel went over and demanded Kong give it back to her. So Kong punched her in the throat. And then Jenna tried to take the X rating that she was already giving this match and make it a triple X rating, did the bump and grind, and covered Charmel's face with her vagina and got the pin. Thank God this match is over. Next. Not yet. Oh, dear God, I ever said why. After the match. Post-match, oh, dear God. After the match, uh, uh, Jenna demands that Kong lift her up on her shoulders and carry her around the ring. And Kong's like, I've got to quit this fucking promotion. It's going to be the death of me. <laughs> Kong was like, no. Like, and so finally, no. Okay. We we have seen years and years of Stephanie McMahon slapping the fucking shit out of people. I don't know if Jenna was legitimately afraid of what would happen, but she did, She could have slapped your two-year-old daughter and it wouldn't have hurt her. Like, okay. Like, seriously, the, with, like Jenna slapped Kong and it like, looked like she patted Kong on the side of the face. <laughs> Good Kong. Good Kong. Oh. Well, Kong didn't think it was good, so she clotheslined Jenna and splashed her. Splashed her right out of TNA. Good call. Awesome Kong. This was also the pay-per-view. Earl Hebner, by the way, had the, was the most athletic person on the show because they did a tag team title match with Beer Money versus Booker T and Scott Steiner. And I forget who the... Who was actually pinning who? But let's say Booker T was pinning Bobby Roode in the ring. Outside of the ring, standing next to each other, were James Storm and Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner ran into the ring and counted three before James Storm could get into the ring and break up the pinfall. Count. Now, now I could be messing it up because it wasn't like like Scott Steiner's book was pinning Rude. It wasn't like Scott Steiner was there stopping James Storm from breaking it up. No. They had a foot race, and Earl Hebner not only beat him in the foot race, 
but he also counted three before <laughs> James Storm could even reach the pile. That James Storm drank too much beer. It may have been Bobby Roode, but I, I'm pretty sure it was James Storm. Yeah, Roode was probably counting his money. Ladies and gentlemen, TNA Victory Road 2009. I, I swear, yeah. like, that, that whole show was just one shitty match after another, including AJ Styles versus Kevin Nash, Christopher Daniels versus Matt Morgan. Oh, uh, what was some of the other crap? Uh. This versus Dr. Stevie. Uh, and in the main event, Kurt Angle versus Mick Foley, one-on-one. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Hey, Moses, where's my car, man? Space 22, man. 22. 22! Oh, Why me, Emerson? Why me? You know, Brian, uh, you know and I know that you were only half the man that I am, and I have half the brain you do. Whoa. Uh, Honestly, I wish Sid was still on TV cutting promos today. Uh, Go figure. Like, oh my. This man, I swear, I don't know what to say. But, you know, Brian, when I sat down, I said we had to watch some really crappy crap. But we had to watch at least one actual good match involving the big giant. And so we did find a good match. Rock, Joe. In a stretcher match from Judgment Day 2003. Ryan, what are you doing felt, over there? I, I, felt, I felt it was a very nice, you know, ending to this entire night. And, you know, the first was that Big Show was the only person to have beaten Brock Lesnar at this point. Of course, Brock had beaten him about a dozen times after, but still... Yeah. Um, yeah. During the build of the match, Show had beaten up Rey Mysterio several times and got him taken out on a stretcher. And so how could Brock possibly roll Big Show over a yellow line on a stretcher? Hum. The crowd was really Hum. fucking into the match. And the crowd was pissing their pants for it pretty much. Um and this is just a really good, really fun, really hard-hitting match. At one point, though, Brock Lesnar tried to hang Big Show. Uh, he choked Show with a cable while Show was on a stretcher. And the cable was hooked to something. And so Brock's pulling the stretcher, and thing's not moving because the cord's there. And finally he gives a big yank to it, and Big Show goes flying because he's still attached by his neck to this cable. 
Like, amazing show how, didn't get hurt seriously with that one. I was just going to say, how does it still not get hurt? I don't know. At one point, show was on the ring apron, and he got knocked off. He bounced off the stretcher and onto the cold, hard concrete floor. And that's when Brock suddenly decided, you know something? Fuck this shit, and he walked away. But he walked away and outran a returning Rey Mysterio. And, of course, Rey, being the, I don't know if he's called him a pussy or what, but Rey ran in and immediately got knocked down. So Brock had to come back with a forklift. Fork, a forklift that Brock Lesnar then stood on top of, and he must have dove, like, five feet. Like, it it doesn't sound very impressive, but he stood on the forklift and dove over the top rope onto a big show with a flying body press. It, it was kind of impressive, though. Uh, he gave uh, Big Show a standing suplex, which was fucking scary. And he went for an F5, but he basically gave him an FU. <laughs> uh, Go figure. And then Big Show put Brock on the stretcher on top of the forklift and carried him out over the line to retain the title. This match was really fun. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Actually, the whole show wasn't too bad. They even had Kevin Nash versus Hunter. It was like a six-minute match, but it was still kind of fun-ish. Fun-ish. Yes, (laughs) fun-ish. And, you know, after the first seven, eight, nine, ten matches we reviewed, that match was an easy thumbs up. Yes. The rest, uh, so overall, Brian, so did you have much. fun watching these matches? I, I did. I did enjoy watching them over again. Yeah. Are you happy? They were just clusterfucks. Are you happy with how our fiftieth episode spectacular turned out? Yes, Emerson. It was. It was very. It was very spectacular. It, w- it was very nice. I thought. Yep. 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 Um. Alrighty. Yeah, well, so Brian, you know, I've, going through everything, I ran out of things to play. So, because you were a good boy throughout that last match, here we go. Earlier we talked to Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. Let's go now to that interview. Folks, there's Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. Yep. Probably the hardest match I ever had in my life. But I don't like it when things aren't my, going my way. Motley Cruz, you turn the tables on me. You turn the tables in a wrong way. You've got me mad now. I've stood around. I've listened to everything you had to say. I've did everything necessary. But when you turn around and you backstab me one way or another and you treat, cheat me out of what's rightfully mine, that's when I get angry. Now I'm the one doing the challenging. I'm issuing a challenge to you, Motley Cruz. Get in the ring with me. This time, I'm going full force. Jumping Jeff Farmer. Now let's go to the ring. Here's Jumping Jeff Farmer. 
Destruction Unlimited. That's what he called himself, Destruction Unlimited. Going to put me down and I'm never going to get back up. No one's ever done that. I've done a lot of things in my day and I've got hurt many a time. But I've always risen to the occasion. You're not going to hold me down. Nobody's going to hold me down and I'm not going to lay down for anybody. You want to fight me? You want to wrestle me? I'll do either one. But one way or another, I'm going to come out on top. Back in a moment. Folks, here's jumping Jeff Farmer. Well, he did it. P pinned me right there in the middle of the ring. There's always a lesson to be learned every time you step in the ring. And Motley Cruz, you taught me one very good lesson. You took me out of my game plan. I couldn't wrestle my kind of match. Believe me, I learned and I learned well. It don't take me long. Next time I get you in the ring, you're mine. New tactics, new game plan. You're mine. Uh, jumping Jeff Farmer. Well, Brian, do you want to say anything? Do you want to say anything to the people? Thank you for listening to us in 50 episodes. Well, Brian, here's the 50 more. Let's take... Uh, too bad we don't have any alcohol. We should have had some booze here. To take a shot. The hell? We no alcohol. Well, Ryan, we got to finish this show the same way we finished the first 49 episodes. Ryan, it's been fun. Beyond fun, Emerson. Be everyone Wednesday, 10 p.m., History of WrestleMania 21 through 25, when we start the next 50 episodes. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.